Welcome to Stand Out in ELT. I'm Ola Kowalska and I'm the host of this extraordinary podcast. I wanted to bring you a platform where you hear from myself and other amazing and inspiring people who have created their success and stand out in ELT. People say that English language teaching is a saturated market, so it's absolutely crucial that you know how to stand out. And I'm going to teach you how to do it. And I'm going to inspire you to take action. So, welcome to this space. And I can't wait for you to stand out and build your legacy in ELT. Hey, gorgeous educator, teacher, tutor, or actually, I would love to find out how you identify. Do you identify as a teacher? or as a tutor, or a trainer, please let me know. I, You know how much I love receiving uh, direct messages from you, so please do let me know, okay? I would love to find out. Today's episode is going to be, I'm not going to say different, because all of them are inspiring, but hopefully this one is going to be super inspiring. So the <laughs> contradictory title that I've given it, How to Fail as an entrepreneur or as an educator, as a teacher, is actually going to show you that failure is amazing. Failure is great. We love failure. And I want to show you how to fail in style (laughs) and how to feel better about it, how to make sure that you're still moving forward, even though you failed for a bit, you've fallen for a bit. Yeah, it's all your job is to just get up Keep going because it's all going to be okay. You've got this, okay? But here is a little bit more detail on what I understand by failing, failure, and how to prepare yourself best for that. Because, yeah, let's be honest, it's hard as hell. And I know you've probably heard, oh, it's not failure, it's just learning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of that is true. And I agree with it a hundred percent. But it doesn't mean that it makes it any easier, right? So I'm going to share a few tips with you on how to make it easier for yourself and how to see it from a little bit of a different perspective. So let me know if that's helpful. If you find my tip, um, I don't know, uplifting, inspiring, motivating, then please let me know because I love hearing from you. And if you can, subscribe, uh, follow my podcast, comment on it. You know, on Apple Podcasts, there is this little review thing that would mean the world to me. Okay, so let's dive in. I'm going to ask you to start with finding your bigger why, okay? Because a lot of people um, start doing business, start like kind of venturing out without actually properly thinking about it. They follow their instincts, intuition, and that's great. Nothing wrong with that. Trust yourself. That's the best thing you can do in business. But they never go back to that initial reason. And literally, I cannot stress it enough. The number of times that going back to my ultimate why of, of uh, starting my business, building my, my freedom and working from home and what that is has saved me is literally, uh, I cannot even express it. So, for example... 
My bigger why is freedom. And freedom for me means having enough money so you, we never have to worry about it. By we, I mean myself, my, my husband and our son. Um, doing things that we actually want to do without having to think about how much they cost that much. Doesn't mean spending money like crazy and splashing out on stuff. But, you know, I come from a place, from a country where, you know, we've always been taught how to use money wisely, but in a very, you know, in a from a place of scarcity, from a place of, oh, you shouldn't buy things that are nice or comfortable or just, you know, pleasant. You should buy things that are practical. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to do a little digression here. <laughs> My grandfather um a lovely lovely person we were very close back in the day he's uh, um he passed away about 10 years ago but he was an extremely pragmatic person and I will never forget how on one of my birthdays he um so I got a car for my 18th birthday it was a cheap car but it was great perfect I absolutely loved it but it's not about the car I think the next birthday he wanted to give me something practical that I could use in the car so he (laughs) it was just absolutely amazing how how practical and pragmatic he was. So basically, he he didn't even like package it. He didn't even wrap it in any sort of paper or a birthday bag. He bought me um, some gloves so I can, um, you know, remove the ice from from the car in winter. He bought blo- he bought me one of those um, I don't know what it's called. Sorry, one of those scrapers. Is it uh, to for ice removal? He bought me new uh, seat covers, but they were like the cheapest seat covers. They were just you know something that you could put on the seat, so you can probably change it after two months because it's so ugly. Um, and he put it all in like a plastic supermarket bag and gave it to me (laughs) and it was this ultimate you know sign of his love towards me which I now appreciate but I also understand how big of a money block he had there so freedom for me means not buying those cheap things freedom for me means buying things because they look nice because they are pleasant to the eye and pleasant to use that's that's something that I want to do freedom also means spending time the way I want to and that means going on holiday when I want to that means working in the evening or in the morning or whenever I want to because I've chosen to um that means being able to tell clients that I won't meet them when it's only convenient for them because you know I'm important right so all sorts of freedom um is is my ultimate goal and whenever I think about it whenever it it, it lights me up so much it kind of creates that feed warm feeling of okay right things are not going according to the plan but I'm still moving forward and I can see the sign of more freedom more and more freedom in my life and that's what I want so please ask yourself what that why is in your life keep digging so you might want to start with asking yourself okay why do I not work for a school okay then you give an answer to that answer say why okay and then another why and then another why I think I've done this activity with you here in one of the other podcasts or episodes Uh, so remind yourself how to do it and do it again because it's literally is a game changer then I want you to reward yourself 
All right. I've recently re- realized, and this was based on something that I've been trying to do. So I've been trying to <laughs> build a habit of waking up really early to do some things that are important to me in the mornings. I'm struggling with this. And I realized there are two reasons for it. One, I don't, I'm not motivated enough. And number two, I don't have a reward. My brain as some of you may know, I have an ADHD brain. It needs rewards, but it doesn't matter that my brain is a neurodiverse one. Everybody needs rewards, but for some reason, we, we think it's childish. We think it's, oh, I'm an adult, so I should probably just um, be able to do it. No, like, I hate the word willpower. I honestly have such a problem with it because I don't think it exists. I think that if you feel lazy, it means something. It's an, it's a piece of information, a piece of data about your well-being. I think that if you're procrastinating, there is some information in it. I think that if you're if you're if if you're resenting something, that's something that that you should be focusing on. So, willpower doesn't really exist. You need to build systems and Rewards are a fantastic system for getting yourself motivated. So it could be anything. For me, a good enough reward is having amazing conversations with clients, with um, the participants of the rocket or um, having conversations in DMs on Instagram. I absolutely love people's energy. So I sometimes at the weekend, I, I feel some symptoms of withdrawal. Literally, I know it's good for me and I know I need breaks, but at the same time, I absolutely love human contact so much that, you know, it's rewarding. But also they could be just simple rewards such as, you know, a nice smoothie, going out for coffee, going out to the cinema or like, you know, my Fridays are all now uh, spent in a cafe, co-working cafe, where I buy myself the most gorgeous lunch and coffee and it's like the reward in itself. So just think about it, okay? Also, when it comes to rewards, think about how you could gamify, gamify, sorry, (laughs) I'm I'm having trouble with words today, but gamifying your experience, your mm, daily professional life could be extremely effective in learning how to like deal with failure, deal with things not going according to the plan better, because you will often beat yourself up and that's inevitable you will i i will keep telling you hey it's good enough your progress is good enough you're you're doing enough but you will still think oh i haven't done enough right it's absolutely normal i feel the same way if i can't wake up in the morning or get up in the morning i beat myself up so what i heard recently it's i, I think i learned it from a youtube video is um, a way of making it exciting for yourself so for example i've been thinking about drawing like a simple uh, star shape. And every time I manage to do a new thing that I'm trying to like, kind of establish as a habit, I would draw a line and then until I've completed a star drawing. I mean, simple, but it's such a visual representation of the efforts that we make. And it's going to be um, very rewarding to finish it, but also it's going to be, it's like you are given a star (laughs) because you're a star, right? How cool is that? All right. So this is just a simple idea, but I think it works for me. And I think the simpler, the better. So maybe you'd want to, um, um, experiment with that as well. And talking about experimenting, I always say, and I'm going to repeat it because it's super important that, 
business is all about experimenting. It's all a massive experiment. So even though I teach people how to run businesses, how to make them more profitable, how to do marketing. And there are certain blueprints to it. There are certain things and strategies that you can do, but nothing is ever black or white. So like, for example, if I said to one person, hey, try Facebook groups and being active in Facebook groups so you can find some students. By the way, it's a good strategy. It might work for one, but it might not for the other person, right? Then I might say, hey, try and show your face daily. This works generally well for everybody. But if someone has a lot of charisma, right, I think it's going to work better because they find it natural. It's not uh, there is not too much pressure on them because they, 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 it just comes easier to them, right? On the other hand, there might be a person who actually finds writing things easier and, and expressing themselves, their thoughts or connecting with their audience via blogging or newsletter writing might be an, um, a better way. But the bottom line here is you will not know until you've experimented. So I can tell you, hey, try this or this or that. But you need to try for yourself. Even me and my coach, I always say to her, so like, what should I do now? And then I know it's a stupid question by definition, because she will never tell me what to do. She will tell me, hey, you could try this because I think it might work for you based on your history and your personality. But at the end of the day, experimenting and failing at one thing is going to give you the in enough information, enough data to try another thing. Because imagine that there is a pool of 10 different options, right? So how are you going to find out which option is correct? Are you going to find out by sitting and analyzing each of those options? No, you're going to have to go through them. And maybe option number three will be good enough and you won't have to continue trying them out, but you can. And that's the beauty of it. Try and enjoy the process a little bit more than, than just the outcome. And then just see it as, so failure, as, as well as, you know, failing in general, we know that it's lessons. But to me, I literally, I don't know how it happened. It's, it's probably a lot of indoctrination in terms of like personal growth, mindset work and therapy and all those things that I've been doing for more than a year now. It's just amazing how... Um, I can only see failing as winning, literally, because even if things don't go according to the plan, I always see an opportunity with it, uh, within it. I have a natural ability to see positives in, in things that seem negative. Yes, that's true. That's one of my strengths. But at the same time, I think it's a muscle that can be practiced and it can be toned so you feel like that as well maybe not all the time and again it all goes back to the concept of not everything being black or white it's absolutely okay if you've got periods when things don't go according to the plan and you start doubting yourself that's also okay that's also fine. It's not always going to be rainbows and butterflies and seeing failures as success because that's not life. Life is and should be accepted with all its colors. And sometimes it's going to be gray and boring and sometimes it's going to be green like a baby's poo. And that's also okay. We just need to learn how to not even overcome because it's not about overcoming, uh, uh, how to embrace 
all of that because embracing failure is amazing. I've had this, I've had a conversation with someone recently about content creation and we've just run a workshop on content creation with Kate um, and I had this kind of reflection that people spend way too much time uh, and I know where it comes from it's perfectionism obviously but people w- spend way too much time um, curating content um, when they don't even know what it's gonna do when they don't even know how it's gonna make their audiences feel they have this very limited idea of um, creating and bringing value to their audiences and what it creates unfortunately is expectations so one when you spend a lot of time building something right when you spend a lot of time thinking of an idea before you start taking action unfortunately if it fails if it's not the way you expected it to be you're naturally going to feel much more disappointed than if you allowed yourself to wing it a little bit i'm not saying going from a perfectionist to a person who doesn't plan anything but i'm talking about finding balance okay I don't know why but a lot of teachers a lot of educators who create content and who create offers and things that you know are supposed to move their uh, needle in their business they kind of often beg for approval rather than listen so what I always say is it's much easier to tune in to what people want and then give them what they want, even if it's imperfect, and then improve it so it becomes better and better, rather than sit quietly, analyze for weeks and weeks and weeks, and then come out with something that we don't know if it's going to work. Because that period of analyzing, working on it, being quiet about it, it creates something in our heads. It creates expectations. It creates a feeling of, hey, I've made so much effort thinking about it and then producing it. No, it's the wrong way around. We should be in so much touch with the audiences and with people for whom we create that we build products and content with them, with them, not for them. That's quite revolutionary, isn't it? Hmm. You can write it down. We should be creating offers, products and content with our audience not for our audience. Mm-hmm. Um, and it all comes down to temperature testing. So guys, honestly, if you're if you're um, active on social media, that's going to make it easier. But even if you're not, think about ways in which you can create conversations with your audience. You can either um, ask your ex-students. You can either ask uh, people that worked with you before. You can, e- or just simply ask your your social media audience. Temperature testing, it's called. So the more you do it, and the less you kind of hide inside your shell and thinking, oh, I should probably not do it, or I don't know if it's gonna work. I'm not sure. Yeah, then I. It's likely that it's not gonna work. Because if people have nothing to do with it and have nothing to say about it, then they won't. Another digression that I wanted to make here is why we might think that we should create some uh, everything by ourselves and then just present it to the audiences or to the students in terms of offers and content. I had this um, 
a kind of encounter with a student. It was about seven years ago. I worked in a language, maybe six. I worked in a language school in London and we had lots of students from different places. And I think this particular student was from Russia. It doesn't really matter. And uh, what we used to do, myself and other teachers, is every time new students joined, we would do a little bit of a needs analysis and an interview with the students, asking them what they would want to improve. And like, you know, standard procedure in 20, you know, 2016, I think, um, what we thought. But the student was, uh, and she was a young person as well, in her 20s. So she complained. She went to our manager and said, why do the teachers ask me what I want? The teacher should know. And this shows so much about what has been ingrained in us, because I think teachers think that as well. It's not only students. Uh, we think that only because we're teachers, we should be the ultimate sources of knowledge. We should be the ultimate uh, you know, decision makers in terms of what content to show and what kind of value to provide. I mean, sorry, but no, it's wrong. We don't live in times when everything is just, we're like authorities who just show people what they should learn. No, we should be making people into, or we should be helping people and facilitating their learning um, and showing them how important it is that they actually realize what their own gaps are. And you know, you know, the whole idea of learner autonomy is, extremely prevalent here but it's also about what's going to work because if people don't see the value in it and the value is only because the teacher said oh it's valuable then it's not going to work on them it's it's it has so much less power and emotional power as well um, especially um than um you know than uh, when we actually take their opinions in mind so please remember that, okay? And it's also, and in failing, it's in, in failing in, in life and in business in general, it's also so important to show your own vulnerability. Guys, so I sometimes feel a bit cringe because I share quite a lot of my personal life on my social media, but then I think, hey, if it makes at least one person feel better, or if it makes one person think, hey, oh, I'm glad there is space in on, on the internet where nobody hides that life is tough at times, then I'm like, yep, job done. I'm happy. I feel the need to share. I'm an oversharer in general, and I think that's okay. Maybe it's not a hundred percent professional, but to be honest, um, I run a business that is a very much of a personal brand and I don't really care, to be honest. If people don't like it, then I think it's okay. I think it's fine, you know? Um, it's not like I hate people who don't agree with it because I absolutely um, respect people's opinions about how business should be done. That's okay. Um, but to be honest, it again goes back to the idea of freedom. So if I feel like being vulnerable, I am going to be vulnerable because I feel like it. I feel like it's my way of self-expression, but also it's my way of connecting with my audience. That's it. There are far uh, more 
benefits to it than there are disadvantages, even if there are any disadvantages. And also, it's about understanding what's special about me. And you need to be uh, spending time um, understanding what's special about you, that there is something special about your personality and your skills and your strengths that make you absolutely an absolute superstar it's something that not a lot of people know we think oh I'm just a teacher so I teach and there are other people who do it yeah that's true but for some reason there are students who only felt good when you taught them there are people who only felt uh, like they've made progress because they worked with you It's not because you use different methods. It's not because you use different materials. It's because it was you. So isn't failing a little bit easier when you think that there are still so many people out there that you are inevitably going to help, that you're going to have an inevitable massive impact on their lives? It's just as simple as that, but you need to realize it. If it helps, write yourself some affirmations. You try and use them in present tense so it actually sounds like it's it's something that's already happening one of my recent uh, affirmations that I say to myself every night when I'm doing yoga nidra uh, by the way amazing stuff yoga nidra look it up um, I say my life is filled with love and joy my life is filled with love love and joy and that's it it's so much easier to make decisions Um, out of love and joy rather than fear then even if I'm failing because again when I fail I it's it's not about brushing over those those negative feelings that come up to the surface like oh I'm a failure I'm a disappointment I've let people down they do come up they do because we're human and it's not our job to completely remove them that would be toxic positivity it's about acknowledging and moving forward. It's about thinking, hey, cool, I failed. Now I remember it was a lesson. This is what I won't be doing anymore. And I'm going to focus on a new thing. Cool, let's do it, right? That's it. It's about a system in which you're able to get up sooner than you used to in the past. That's it. That's it. It's not about not falling at all. Never, ever. Um... And I think that's it for today. I hope this was inspiring in some way. Let me know um, what you're going to take away from today. Um, It's a bit more of a mindset episode, but you know I love talking about mindset because it's still so important and so many teachers still have problems with that. Um, We are those, you know, we are those people with them on a mission. So it's very hard to lose ourselves in all of this, right? And that's, by the way, part of my bigger why, of why I focus on this business, not another one. Why I help teachers and educators and, and, you know, work in an educational niche in general is because those people are special. You are special, you are not driven by uh, superficial things. You're driven by your own internal drive, motivation and mission. And it's beautiful. Your life all comes down to, if I can tell you, but you can figure it out and tell me if I'm wrong, (laughs) is about bringing light. It's about enlightening people. It's about 
making people's lives better because they can do something better right? That's my life purpose, but it's also your life purpose. And that's what we've got in common. And I'm like, you can never fail if you are that kind of person. If you are an educator, you're always sharing, even probably in your social circles, you you probably always educate in some subtle way. And it's beautiful. The society needs you, your family needs you, the world needs you, right? So please, Try and learn that failing is an inevitable part of all of it. Um, And especially if you're growing a business. And I think you've made a great decision that you've decided to work on this business. Um, I just want to support you in its ups and downs. So please stay around. Okay? (laughs) Have a lovely, lovely week. Have a fantastic month of July. I'm so excited that it's the summer already. And um, also, I hope that, um, I don't know if you know, but my business is a year old tomorrow exactly, on the 5th of July. And I'm so excited about this. And thank you for being here. Um, The podcast hasn't been around since the beginning of the Uh, of the business but there are big changes happening to the podcast soon I'll let you know as you know I'm approaching episode 50 um, so that's when I will announce some exciting things all right for now thank you so much for being here have a fantastic week and keep failing bye Being a teacher is your superpower. You know how to do it. But developing a business mindset and business skills can be tricky. So if you're a bit lost or maybe fed up with figuring it all out on your own, don't worry. I've created this podcast and other free resources to help you. Follow me on Instagram for a daily dose of education, energy, motivation and fun. If you're interested in working with me, please get in touch and I'll be very happy to tell you about ways of working with me. Don't be a stranger, say hello from time to time on social media. I love getting to know you better. You're my ELT tribe. And for now, bye and until next time.